0: Hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming to you from another room (laughs) in my new home. Lovely tile in here, by The the way. Yeah, that was that was very striking. Uh, this fireplace that has been all tiled right, out and then has a tiled up fireplace. It actually looks like something off of HD, HGTV. It does. The only thing about it is that the the uh, the architecture of it goes with absolutely nothing in my house. No, no, no. I hear you.
1: Well, I think you got to get new stuff to and build it around the tile. I am not building around
0: the fireplace because it is beautiful. I am not. building. It is actually beautiful. What do you what do you do to build around a fireplace?
1: I don't know. I mean, it's, it's it's you've got some slate in there and that's that's sort of a plum and oh there's a plum in there? Uh, no, a plum like like that tile looks like it's sort of plum colored. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying right, right. in the middle. The, and then the grate down there is kind of brass.
0: Yeah. So yeah. You can work with that? You can work with that? <laughs> yeah. Some earth tones. And what's the first thing I do with it? I mount a TV over it. <laughs>
1: Well, I think we all know which one of us is the classy member of
0: the (laughs) team Michelle. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we are here. This is our finale for Black History Month. Yes, yes. uh, Our celebration of Black Westerns. Yes, we're riding into the sunset. With Vince's selection, Quentin Tarantino's Django Unchained. Django! Django! Django. Django starring Jamie Foxx, Christoph Waltz, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kerry Washington, and some would say an unrecognizable Samuel L. Jackson.
1: Samuel L. Jackson.
0: As mm.
1: Stevens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we're going to have fun with this movie. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, but before we do, I want to um, let you know that you know this week, this week you know it's rare the week that I see you twice in a week, man. I know, I know, but it's happening this week. It is happening this week because this Thursday we will be recording our our 200th episode um, at World Cafe Live, and I'm so looking forward to this live. Absolutely, event. but one of the things in recognition that a great many of our missionaries. Are not going to be able to make it to Philadelphia. No, 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 no. We we are we are literally international.
1: We are like we're national, but we're actually we actually have an international presence.
0: I know, which is nice? weird. It is kind of weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird to know that there are people you know like overseas, right? Like plural, right? right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. do not share DNA or blood with you. Right, right, right. Listening to you, thank you. Um, but for all of you who who cannot make it to Philadelphia for our two hundred episode celebration, we want to. Um offer you an opportunity to have your voices be heard so if you go to our facebook group me show mission we're going to put out a post just asking you if you have a question or a comment that you want to share with vince and i um please leave it on that thread and then during the show on thursday we will uh share a few of those with the audience and thus on that episode absolutely so if you've got a question that you've been, been always wanted to just uh Ask Vince or or myself, uh, or just a comment. Leave it there. We'll be or question you just came up with this week. Oh yes, even ask us questions. Like I love just asking, answering generic questions. Right, right. Maybe they want to know about your fireplace. They may. You know what? All right, now now I feel like I have to take a picture of the fireplace. It's beautiful. All right, I will take a picture of the fireplace. Okay, and I'll put it on Facebook. Okay. it is beautiful though. I do like it. It was one of the things that... I was about
1: to say, I can I can tell there's a detail that got you in here. It was one of them. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. There's another one that's way in the back that uh, I was like, whoo,
1: yes, this, this is me. That doesn't sound icky at all. No, it's not icky. <laughs> that doesn't sound
0: icky at all. <laughs> we have emails, Vince. <laughs> I got something in the back that I really like. We uh, We heard from Eva Vargo. Hey, Eva. I've been a fan a long time and I'm embarrassed that it took a disagreement Uh about sugar on grits to get me to email you guys. (laughs) People are passionate about their
1: grits.
0: (laughs) Especially since you follow the podcast that I co-host on the tropes on Instagram and thanks for that. It means a lot to us and yes, I do follow that podcast on the tropes and I listen to it and it's a crazy podcast and it's a (laughs) lot of fun. Um... But here we are, (laughs) and I have a compromise to offer about putting sugar on grits. Oh, boy. Eva says... Eva says... Sometimes it might be necessary... Depending on the kind of cornmeal used, the variety of corn it is, and when it was grown or harvested, the (laughs) corn doesn't have the same amount of natural sugars it should. And so it needs a little extra to get it back to the way someone wants it to taste. It should not be seen as a moral deficiency or a sign of an out-of-control sweet tooth. Thanks again for your great work and all the time you've made me crack up at my desk, Eva.
1: Okay, Eva, we'll allow because apparently you're some type of grit scientist. (laughs) And I know when I'm outgunned.
0: Yes. You have been outgunned, Vince. (laughs) You definitely have. All right, we've also heard from Ryan Pruitt. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Michelle Mission. Hey, Ryan. I saw that you hosted a workshop within the Scribe Center a few weeks ago, and I called Len up about trying to make it, but things came up and I couldn't get around to going. I now have the rest of my semester very free, and I'm very interested in going full throttle in making this podcast happen. I'd love to chat and have a quick phone call to learn more about your story and creating your podcast and your site. Okay.
1: That sounds like more of a you thing, but I'll tag along we will always
0: tag along. Yeah, sure. Sure you will. Yeah. We heard from Ellis Heron. Hey, Ellis. Subject line, it's the posse. <laughs> this is in regards to last week's yes. show where we reviewed posse. Yes. What's going on, fellas? I got to be honest. When I was a kid, I loved posse. My parents took me to see it at the movies because they wanted me to check out a Black Western. Okay. Ironically, I thought Mario Van Peoples' Jesse Lee was the coolest thing in it. I can see that if you're a kid. Now that I'm about to be 40 and look at movies with a more critical eyes, I noticed some of the things you guys had a problem with. Mm. However, I also realized what Mario was doing with this movie. Okay. With his dad being one of the pioneers of black exploitation and being raised in that era, he was heavily influenced by that, which explains the multiple plots going on. So, basically, Posse was a western with black exploitation elements and stuff inserted to appeal to the modern era, i.e. Tone Loke. Still, it's always a joy to see Billy Zane play a bad guy. It was also good to see a post-Zeus pre-Debo Tiny Lister playing against type. But Charles Lane, who you guys said was basically playing Spike Lee, was the most annoying character in that movie. <laughs> he looked like he was there because he just wanted to be down. Ultimately, I don't blame you for not recommending Posse. Posse. Now I hate to imagine what you would say about Van People's follow-up, Las Logos Posse rides again. Keep there up the good work, was, fellas.
1: Was there a sequel to
0: Posse? Sincerely, Ellis Heron from Fort Worth, Texas. Was there a sequel to Posse? I don't know. I I've, this is the first I'm hearing of <laughs> Las Logos Posse. Ellis, R- Ellis just drops a jewel at the very end. <laughs> yes, he did. Now, if if there if there was. <laughs> A sequel to Posse. It couldn't have been released to theaters, could it? This is the first I'm hearing about it. It it just couldn't have, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, I refuse to believe that. Let's see. Los Logos also known as Los Logos Posse Rise Again is a 1997 Western film written and starring Mario Van Peoples. It was directed by John Mark Vallee and also stars Malora Walters, Renee Oberjornal. Oh, 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 yeah. Ober, oh, I, I, I never knew. Odo. How, yeah, Odo from, from Deep from D- from D- Space, Space Nine. Nine. I never knew how to pronounce his name. And, and Danny Trejo. Uh, of course, Danny Trejo. Yeah. Uh, there's actually, absolutely no information about this film, so something tells me it was not released to theaters. Phew, Bullet dodge. Still, yeah, but he's right about Billy
1: Zane. Billy Zane was so good at playing jerks and bad guys. Mm-hmm. I feel like it affected his career. Really? Like people don't actually hire Billy Zane because he played terrible people.
0: Well, okay, okay. Because he played this guy, and then he played, of course, the 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 jerk in Titanic. Yeah, but he was also the Phantom. He was the
1: Phantom, but it was weird. It was weird. Because he doesn't seem like somebody that should play a
0: good guy. You know, Billy Zane is much like Mario Van Peeples. He has the look, but I don't know if he has the charisma to pull it off. I think he has negative charisma. Yeah. Like, I hate Billy Zane. Yeah. Like, I actually hate Billy Zane. you, You know the only time I like Billy Zane? I like Billy Zane in the it's Zoolander. Remember, he's in Zoolander because when um oh Ben Stiller's character does he play one of the judges? No, he's not. He, he plays. He's just he, he plays Billy Zane. Right, right. He plays Billy Zane because when Bill, Ben Stiller's character and I can't. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Is about to go do oh, his Zoolander. Up. Yeah, you said Ben
1: Stiller's character's name. Oh, it is Zoolander. <laughs>
0: I was like maybe he's talking about Jerry Stiller's character. He keeps saying Ben Stiller. It's late. Uh, <laughs> uh Zoolander, when he's about to go do his um his pose off against Owen Wilson. Yes. Billy Zane is the one is the one oh, right tells him, yeah. Tells him, like, are you are you sure? You ready? It's like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm re- I'm ready. I'm ready after Billy Zane.
1: <laughs> I guess there's no way we can
0: twist Zoolander into, into yeah. a bad role by Billy Zane. No, he's not the bad guy in Billy in uh Zoolander. All right. All right. So so there you go. So but uh thanks for the nugget. Yes. Yes. About So what wait a minute. I do want to touch on this part about that posse was uh, Mario Van Peebles doing an ode to black exploitation films. Okay. In his western, do you think? Do you think that that reads? I don't think that reads, honestly. Me myself.
1: I'd I'd like to hear more of how you define a black exploitation film in this context, because I think a lot of times we say things are an ode to black exploitation films, and appropriately enough, you see some of the criticism of Django Unchained. Mm -hmm. And they say it's an ode to black exploitation films. But I think it just means like anything with a black guy with a gun.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. So, Uh, We also heard from Robert Hubbard. Hey, Robert. Hello and a suggestion. Okay. The films of Kevin Wilmot. I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar with that name either. Just found your podcast via the Facebook group Planet 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 e, e- jobbin planet E-Jobbin.
1: oh yeah that's that's the blurred group
0: okay, I, 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 okay. excellent uh, who who apparently gave us a shout out yeah, so thank, thank you very you. much I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name of the Facebook group uh, starting to go through your archives liking what I'm hearing so far excellent thank someone you. worthy of discussion is Kevin Wilmot. See, uh, I see that you did an episode on Chirac, which Kevin co-wrote with Spike Lee. He has several films that should be more known. Uh, The Confederate States of America. Oh, I've heard of... Okay, okay. I've heard of that. Um, That's his more well-known and is easy to find, but there's also Ninth Street, The Battle for Bunker Hill, Destination Planet Negro. I've heard
1: of Destination... Now... I guess my question is: Were these films released
0: theatrically? We'll have to find out. Yeah, uh, Jay Hawker's. And he has an upcoming film called The Thirty Seventh. There's also a western that he did with West Study um, called The Other Good Indian, but it's probably more black adjacent. Okay. Well, you know what? Let, let's
1: let's save this because you know how I am. Once we get up to two hundred. Like, once we get, like, 201, 202, I like to go deep into the archives. Right. So, it's like we have the buildup. Mm-hmm. But then 201, we can get obscure again. Yes. So, okay. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you, one and all, for your emails. They are greatly appreciated and well-received. We like hearing, hearing from our fans. We also like when people go on to Apple Podcasts. And they leave us reviews, Vince. Yeah, and we yay. got a couple of new reviews on Apple Podcasts. Ain't that cool? It always is cool. I like it. So let's see what do we got over here. Let's see here. We have we have an a, a five stars. Thank you. That's always nice. Always uh, from Wee
1: AKA. Oh, okay, Skiwi AKA. That's the whole name. Is it's not like her lawn or year she pledged? or That's the name. Is this like the personification of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated that likes us? I'll take that. Perhaps.
0: I just discovered Michelle Mission. I have listened to about half a dozen of the podcasts by Vince and Len. My impressions so far? Okay. Outstanding. Well, thank you. I first chose their special replay of Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> A perennial favorite and from there <laughs> I was hooked when I was in college my roommate was uh, a my roommate was a stand-in for Miss Esther Roll for a film <laughs> that was shot in Dorham, North Carolina that, for her character in, fantastic <laughs> for her, her character in driving Miss Daisy Idella. You got her name wrong, but I enjoyed your banter and analysis (laughs) of Idella and the aura of characters like her. If I could have chimed in, I would have added to the analysis that not only was Idella salty and speaking her mind, she made me think of the Hillman U sketch about the proverbial black female domestic worker in the kitchen with all the doctors, lawyers, scientists, teachers, etc. coming out from under her huge skirt. (laughs) Thank you very much. Well, thank you and welcome. That was uh, very, very enjoyable. (laughs) Um, We also heard from Brother Black. Hey, Brother Black. I am a student of Black history and historic Black films. I love this podcast. Thank you. The reviews and banter are great. Maybe the guys can get Donald Bogle on their podcast. Oh, my goodness. Oh, if you just do not know. We keep
1: trying we d- we keep trying I, I, professor bogle curves us like i'll just say that on on the mic re- recorded we have tried and we keep getting curved
0: yeah yeah basically that that's real, that's real talk that's real talk
1: so yeah. if somebody has an in let us know
0: yes cuz it is not for lack of trying right that we have tried to reach out to the man okay um going to the facebook group speaking of said group Chad Serta had a question okay Chad maybe I've missed it in an episode or two but do you talk about how you are watching these movies Oh, I know many if not most are not streaming but I would love to know how you view them I gotta believe there's a story behind some of these movies about how you get copies it's public libraries isn't it no, it's not. No,
1: no, Chad. I, I have to say. For the, honestly, for the most part, we we have subscriptions to you know, we, to the main yeah. services. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always hesitate to give people free advertising.
0: Right. So the main services, let's put it this way. There are some services that we have subscriptions to just because we know they're going to have they're right. more likely to have the right. movie. And
1: unfortunately, for a lot of, of the older films, there's a treasure trove on YouTube. Yeah. And I say, unfortunately, because that means that people aren't getting paid. Right. But right, they are right. there. That's true. They are there.
0: Very true. Uh, Valia Plain. And hey. I, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your name. Hey, of Valia. Valia, who is a new member. Hey, welcome, Valia. I'm kind of new here. But did I miss a review of The Great Debaters? You did not. I actually answered her too. Yes, you, you did not. That's the uh, Denzel Washington movie, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I think I've seen that. I think I've only seen that like once. Yeah. But I remember enjoying mm-hmm. that, that film. A great deal. Uh, it's
1: like Journey Smollett and um, oh, I just forgot the brother's name. The brother who directed um, Birth of a Nation.
0: Oh. Um,
1: Nate um, Nate Parker. Nate Parker. Yeah, so it's like Journey Smollett, Nate Parker, Denzel Washington. Kim Elise might be in that too. It may be. Sure. Yeah, it's not bad, but.
0: Yeah. Uh Risbrook. Hey, Azar. Sugar and Azar. butter. sugar and butter and butter on grits. Yes, sugar and butter on grits. You know what? Who'd imagine? <laughs> That we put the last dragon to bed. We put the last dragon to bed. Driving Miss Daisy. Like, you know, it's 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 way off yes. in the rear view mirror. Yes, yes. But
1: sugar on grits. This this is the war. This is the war. This is the war.
0: I can't believe this.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I cannot believe this.
1: You can never call it.
0: Mike Zablinski. Hey, Mike. Bearing in mind that I'm an unreconstructed Yankee. Okay. Sugar and butter on grits just sounds wrong. <laughs> I used to think cheese grits were a bit off-putting until I actually tried them, and now they are one of my favorite things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Uh, uh, Ianta Summers says, no sugar, but definitely butter. Yes,
1: yes, gotta have some butter.
0: John Obita says, uh, stevia." What's that? Stevia? What stevia? Oh my goodness. No, please. No, oh, oh, no. Don't do that. John. Well, he says he's diabetic. Okay. And a recent immigrant. Okay. And it shows. Okay. Um, <laughs> no offense to diabetic immigrants. Dominique, Dominique says, I don't get all the hate on putting sugar on your grits. Sometimes I'm a cheese salt and pepper girl. Sometimes I like sugar and butter. Thank you. Thank you, Dominique. That's what I'm saying. Don't trust it. Even though Michael Jewett then responds, only if you're age twelve or younger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you people are, are annoying me. Vince, did you see that the 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 trailer for Candyman came uh, out? No, 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 no. The teaser for okay. the trailer. Okay, well, the teaser. For right, the right. The trailer comes out Thursday. Right. The teaser for the trailer for Candyman. Yes, sir. Out. Have you seen it? Yeah. What did you think? I mean, it
1: it it, it looks, uh, you know, it's like just quick clips of people saying candy man
0: i know right so like it looks okay <laughs> it looks on point yeah
1: it looks on message
0: on right. brand. i
1: was about to say they were saying candy man i was uncomfortable <laughs> with how much they were saying it but i guess that's the whole point they showed the white woman saying it in the mirror i said see see
0: <laughs> you about to have some problems Uh, did you see that BuzzFeed? They found Big Les. Was
1: Big Les lost? Well, is how I know I'm getting older. Because, like, I saw all these articles because now everyone is talking about living single. And people act like she was in an unmarked grave in Tennessee or something. I'm like, it's Big Les. Well, some people, you know. When's the
0: last time you heard from Big Les? I mean, not recently, but I always knew that it was... It's nice to know that she's still up and thriving. I'm I'm, I'm very happy they found Big Les. Uh, Are you going to watch the Netflix limited series that's going to be coming out? Um, Self-Made? Yes. Absolutely. Starring Octavia Spencer uh, depicting the incredible life of Madam C.J. I absolutely am. The first black billionaire. I absolutely am.
1: I absolutely am looking forward to it. Actually,
0: yes, yeah, so am I. Yeah, so looks am I. good. It looks it looks very interesting. So that's going to be uh pretty dope. Um, and apparently there is a new, I think uh, on Netflix is a new documentary about who killed Malcolm X.
1: I am trying to really partition some time to watch it. Yeah, because apparently it's very good. Apparently it's very good and you know it's like five parts and I'm so backed up with everything. Like like I'm I'm I I'm, know. I'm just trying to catch up with everything. You know what I start watching and I didn't mean to start watching and then I got caught out the the doc the HBO documentary on the people who ran the scam with the Monopoly game
0: at I McDonald's. I watched that McMillions.
1: one. I fooled around and watched the first episode because mm-hmm. I think it's at least three parts. I know it's right, three parts right, up, right. and I was like, "Damn it, It got you!" It got me. It got you because it it's the most bizarre, most American story ever. Mm-hmm. That
0: I'm 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 completely hooked. But it it sounds so like I haven't watched it yet, but. It sounds like everything we thought <laughs> <laughs> It's what we all knew. Yes, you know. Yes, <laughs> we all knew. There's no I mean, winner. Right. There's no winner Keep putting out these stupid Monopoly pieces. <laughs> right. You no know, damn winner. You know what? And apparently, it went on for years. For years. Like for years. Well, you well you know it was going on because they kept putting kept rerunning the stupid contest. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I didn't mean to get caught and pulled into that, but then I did. And then I'm trying to. Right, this is just my. Case. I'm trying to get through the first season of Altered Carbon because I think secretly it's become it's like one of the blackest shows ever. And mm-hmm. you know Simone's on this season. She's on season She's two. She's on this season be starting. Yes. That's about to start.
0: And and I just I just don't have the time. You know I. I'm trying to get through Alucard too, and it's not the time thing. I'm finding myself. It's
1: just not hooking you. It's not hooking me. It's not. It's it's a lot.
0: Yeah, it's but- a lot going on. And especially after just binging hardcore through the expanse. Which I love. Which I haven't fi- finished the last season yet. Oh, Vince, I know the expanses. I mean, you're the one to turn. Am- it Am- on to so y- you
1: saw the last se- the Amazon season. I, I seen just- the Amazon
0: season. Yeah, see, uh, see, but having just powered through that, and then d- the Alter Carbon yeah. is like, uh, yeah. But I want to because I want to be there for when you know Simone shows up. Yeah, out, yeah. And Anthony Mackie's the star. The yeah. So I I got a power, th- but <laughs> see, you got caught up on you know the McDonald's game I've been caught up my two binges and now I'm so well one I just finished and one I'm one season away from finishing I just finished binging all three seasons of Netflix animated series Big Mouth
1: Oh Big Mouth is fantastic. Big Mouth is hilarious. Yeah, I didn't have to <laughs> I've been watching Big Mouth since it came on. Yeah, Big Mouth is
0: hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh and now I'm about to start the most recent season, which I believe is season 5 of Shits Creek. I've never watched it on Netflix. Good stuff? Oh, it's very funny. It's very funny. Oh, if you're a fan of like Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Oh yeah. Oh. Who star in this. Yeah. It, it's hilarious. And the um and it's about like this. I don't know if you know what the show is about. It's about this this rich family that loses all their money and they have to move to this town that's called shitt's Creek. Um subtle. But, but the show was created by Eugene Levy's son. Okay. Who actually plays his son on the show. Oh, nice. Yeah. And who wrote uh, the majority of the episodes on the show. (sighs) I'll put it on the list. Well, you can't do that before because I'm almost done. So I, I it's fair for me to say that I can finish it, but you can't start it. And not till we get back to Spock and Jason. Yeah. Vince. I know. I know. So much television. I know.
1: Alright, right, we should probably... Let's get to our let's review. Let's get
0: to it. Let's get to our review, ladies and gentlemen, of Django. Shango.
1: Django. 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 We'll be back with the film review as soon as we do something funky and have steps in it.
0: Can hold my body down.
1: There ain't no grain. Can hold my body down.
0: down. Good cold evening, gentlemen. Amongst your inventory, I've been led to believe is a specimen I'm keen to acquire. When I hear that trumpet sound. What's your name? I'm on a ride right out of the ground. Django. Then you're exactly the one I'm looking for. Hey, stop talking to him. Calm down. I'm simply a customer trying to conduct a transaction. Last chance, fancy pants. Oh, very well. Do you know what a bounty hunter is? You kill people and they give you a reward. Better hmm. they are bigger the reward. I need your help. I'm looking for the Brittle brothers. However, I don't know what they look like. But you do, <laughs> don't you? They caught my wife and they sold her, but I don't know who to. That means we visit every plantation until we find her. Once the final burglar brother lies dead in the dust, I agree to give you your freedom and I'll take you to rescue your wife. Where are we going? You had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. How do you like the bounty hunting business? Kill white folks and they pay you for it? What's not to like? I like the way you die, boy. He is a rambunctious sword, ain't he? (laughs) What's your name? Django. The D is silent. Django Unchained, 2012 American revisionist western, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino and starring Jamie Foxx, Christoph Waltz, Leonardo DiCaprio, Carrot Washington, Samuel L. Jackson, with uh, cameos by Walton. Goggins, Dennis Christopher, James Reamer, Michael Barks, Don Johnson. I forgot all about Don Johnson. Big Daddy. This movie. Um, set in the Old West and Annabelle himself, it is a highly stylized tribute to spaghetti westerns using an obvious revisionist history, in particular the 1966 Italian film Django by Sergio Cabucci, whose star Franco Nero has a cameo appearance in this film the movie tells the story of Jamie Foxx character Django, who teams with Dr. King Schultz, a German dentist turned bounty hunter, uh, to find Django's wife, who has been uh, sold to a slaver played by Leonardo DiCaprio. This film, this Much heralded Western, this this tome has been named by our very own Vincent Williams as possibly the greatest love story of all time, and it is his selection for today's stop on the Michelle Mission. Vince, what say you of Django Unchained? I think before you get to Django,
1: you know you gotta have like like we gotta have the Quentin Tarantino. Conversation. conversation very quickly. All right, Quentin Tarantino is is maybe one of the most well known personalities to come out of Hollywood in the past twenty years, and and he's controversial to say the least. Mm-hmm. I, I think in a lot of ways, as a person, he embodies all of the worst stereotypes. Of the film nerd, you know everyone knows the legend of Quentin Tarantino. He worked in a video store mm-hmm. and eventually made his way as a screenwriter and became a director. And there's there, there's this real almost popcorn disposable superficial sheen. To the way that Quentin Tarantino talks about movies, and the way that that he examines movies, and it's it's very entertainery, mm-hmm. it very, you know, very sort of light, if you will, and and for people who take film seriously, that rubs them the wrong way, and I I I kind of veer back and forth between that, like as, as someone who who likes directors who who have been trained right and and directors who really look at this as art and frankly i i think his whiteness has allowed him to have this attitude about films mm-hmm. and still ascend to the point where now he 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 won an oscar yeah you know he's he's won an oscar his films um if we're being polite if you are inclined to like his films, really the vast majority of them, arguably all of them, engage in pastiche and homage yes. of other types of films. Mm-hmm. He is again unapologetically someone who likes genre films. Uh, so whether we're talking about black exploitation films, whether we're talking about grindhouse films of the 70s whether we're talking about um chinese cinema like 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 people who had never heard of John Woo mm. when you see John Woo and then you see something like Reservoir Dogs all of that is there and i think for someone who who has been making films as long as he has and has i would say like i i was surprised at how few films he has frankly Oh yeah, his whole
0: thing is about
1: like, Yeah, you know. I was surprised at how few films he has. I have to say that his body of work I run very hot, very hot and cold with him. And and if 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 I have to pick some Quentin Tarantino films that I like, I think Pop I think Pulp Fiction is is a fantastic film. I think it's vastly overrated, but outside of it being overrated, I think it is amazingly rewatchable, mm-hmm. like amazingly rewatchable. Okay. I think Jackie Brown is actually a great film, mm-hmm. full stop. And we'll, we're talking about Django this evening. I don't think it is a coincidence that two out of the three films that I like from Quentin Tarantino center black people. Yes. Which is something again, talking about Quentin Tarantino and, and his representing sort of the worst attributes of a certain type of film nerd and a certain type of white person i think quentin tarantino engages in 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 a type of benign racism mm. and we've talked about this before with something like coonskin where there's a type of white person that fetishizes blackness mm-hmm. and, and d- they don't really see us as people they 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 think we're cool and they think we're outsidery, and that comes across in Quentin Tarantino films, even in something like my beloved Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. There's the nigger issue, which has is, which has followed him since Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and and you can t- like you can tell like you can tell Quentin Tarantino was a kind of guy, kind of white guy who couldn't wait to say nigger, like he just loved it. So. I understand people who don't do Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Like I get it outside of that. Like if you can kind of bypass that, I think Django Unchained as a film is a really neat little movie. Okay. Like, like I think Quentin Tarantino has, has the ability, the skill or the luck that, he employs great actors so that oftentimes his scripts, which a lot of times don't sound like actual people talking, Mm -hmm. but because he has these great actors, it makes it work. They get it over. And I think you have great performances throughout this film. I think um, Christoph Waltz is always great. Yes. Christoph Waltz is always great. And as King Schultz, the German dentist turned bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. There is a warmth. There is a humor there that that exudes through the screen, and frankly, exudes more than the the script really justifies. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio as um Candy. Mm-hmm. This this sort of person putting on airs. As the Southern gentility, and I'll talk about this because this is something I really like, and 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 sort of hiding the fact that so much of what he does is just a pose yeah, is great as well. Yep, Samuel Jackson. This this is in my top three Samuel Jackson performances. Wow. Oh wow, Stevens, right. <laughs> Stevens as the head house slave, mm-hmm. who is also the Conciliari to Candy mm-hmm. and has this really really fascinating relationship with Candy mm-hmm. where he's enslaved but you get the sense he's almost like a father figure to Candy yeah I love Stevens in this I love Stevens I think Django I think Jamie Foxx does what he does with this role because this role is very one note yeah. Django does not have a lot of personality. Django has one speed. Django has one motivation. Right. There's a couple of moments at the end of the film where you get a little more from him but he he is a straight line.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's because he starts the movie already on the he, mission. He
1: starts the movie enslaved. He gets the, and from the moment that Schultz frees him. Mm-hmm. He is a straight line. Mm-hmm. But that straight line is what makes me love this film. Because this is a love story. This is a love story. This is a black love story where Django, his entire purpose is to get to his wife. Broomhilda. Broomhilda, played by Kerry Washington, who does not have anything to do at all. Kerry Washington's whole role in the film is to be beautiful, and to be dainty Mm -hmm. and to be the goal. Yeah. And she does it amazingly well. There's a, just, just, just a, a real quick, one of my favorite stories. There's a moment in, in the film where they put her in a hot box, Yeah, which was a form of punishment for, for slaves where they basically put you in a box and bury you. And when they pull her out of, of the hot box in this, in this film, When you read interviews with everybody on the film, everybody was super protective of Kerry Washington. So that when this scene happened and they pulled her out of the hot box, as soon as Quentin Tarantino said cut, apparently everyone ran over to Kerry Washington to see if she was okay. Mm -hmm. Because she just exudes this this delicacy Mm -hmm. as this woman. And Django spends this entire film just trying to get to her and that's it and as someone who watches it we watch a lot this is what we do this is what me and you do we watch black movies mm-hmm. and I've, i we've joked about it before i've said before and i'll say it again i love loving basketball that dude is is a fuck boy <laughs> yes he is I love Love Jones. Love Jones may be my favorite black love story, but that's a real shaky love story. Mm. That's a real shaky love story. We all talk about mahogany, but I maintain she has to give up her career in Italy and come back Mm. to chase after Brian. Mm -hmm. Me and my wife had a vigorous conversation this weekend over the photograph. Oh, that's right. You went to see that. Which I loved like i, I it's a, it's a nice it's a good movie, but there's just like there just aren't any examples in film of black men moving heaven and earth to get to black women, okay and Django from again the very beginning mm-hmm. this is this it, this is not trying to make a statement about society, this is not trying to make a statement about. Uh, about racism mm-hmm. there's a beautiful moment in Django it's actually one of my favorite moments when when Schultz asks Django what he what he's going to do when he frees him because you know Schultz Schultz uh buys gets Django to help him find these uh these these killers right because right. Schultz is a bounty hunter right and he needs Django to identify three guys right and then dead. and then he asks Django what are you going to do when I free you and we're finished, and Django says I'm going to get my wife, and Schultz says, "Oh, I did," because Schultz is German, mm-hmm. and Schultz says, "Oh, I didn't know that slaves marry. And this is the moment in in all of these period pieces where now we're about to get a lecture, right, right. about slave marriages and lesson and, and jumping the broom and 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 the breakdown of the black family and and all of, you know these are very important facts and very important things for people to know, but Django says. Well, I don't know about slaves, but me and my wife are married. Right. And then that's it. That's it. Because it is this single-minded pursuit of Broomhilda. And I love that. I love that so much. And there are so many moments in this film where, where I just yell at the screen, go get your wife, black man. Do your thing. Mm-hmm. And I'll stop there. Today I know this is actually a much more subtle film than, than I remember. And we can talk about that. Are there things that you can criticize about this film? Absolutely. If you don't like Quentin Tarantino and his use of the word nigger, mm-hmm. this might not be the film for you because they fly. Now then, it's set in 1860s Texas and on a plantation Yes. So where, I think it's realistic. Where they reigned niggers. <laughs> but I also understand within the context of talking about Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. you might not want to talk about it. Right. you might want to deal with this. You can't get around it. This is a long movie. Yeah. This movie is two hours mm. and forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, the irony is there are aspects of the plot that aren't really explored enough. This is really two short films. Mm -hmm. You have the first part with Schultz in Django. But we don't know anything about Schultz's background. Like, we don't know why Schultz is a bounty hunter. hunter, Because he was a dentist. Because he was a dentist. who's become a bounty hunter. There's this wonderful hint at this winter that the two of them spend bounty hunting. Yes. We don't see much of that at all. We see one shot of that. Yeah. Well, you see Django training. You see Django training and then you see them uh take out one gang. Right. But they tell you they spend the whole winter doing this. Yes. When Schultz rescues Django basically, Django is almost monosyllabic and illiterate because he's 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 an enslaved man. Right. And throughout by the time they come out of this winter sequence, Django has transformed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Until this fully formed bounty hunter, it would be nice to have seen that growth. Yeah. On the other side of it, you get to Candyland, right? Again, this relationship between Candy and Stevens and when when Candy actually talks about an older slave that helped raise his father and his grandfather. This is. This sounds like a wonderful story to explore. This sort of this sort of relationship mm. between these enslaved men and and these 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 slave masters, if you will. Mm-hmm. In my mind, the 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 moment that kind of made me want to stay, like the moment that made me kind of yell at the screen. No, 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 no. Keep the camera here. Okay. There's a moment where Stevens goes into the kitchen. And it's just Stevens and a bunch of female slaves. Yeah. And Stevens is talking to the, the, the woman who's in charge. Mm-hmm. And you sense that there is this whole world mm-hmm. in this kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is never explored. It's never talked about. Right. I could have dealt with that. And then if this was a lesser film, I would turn the film off for the cinematic crime of wasting Walter Goggins. Yeah. Like to have Walter like to have a film with Walter Goggins in it mm-hmm. and you do nothing with you don't him. Don't
0: really do anything with him. No. It's
1: enough for me to turn the film off. I know. I know. So that ironically this is a film that runs really long but what I really wanted was for this, this to get to kill Bill's treatment. Mm-hmm. Like I would have loved to have had volume one and volume two of this. Mm-hmm. But Django Stop. I'll hand it to you there. We can go from here. Okay.
0: All right. Um, It's interesting that, you know, you talk about how long this movie was. And I remember this movie being very long um, and enjoying the movie. But because it was so long, always being like, oh, man, do I really want to sit? Do I have the time to sit and watch Django again? You know what I mean? And then I started thinking about it because... In the wake of Django, which came out in 2012, I started wondering, okay, I don't remember Quentin Tarantino movies being super duper long like this before. You know, you talked about Kill Bill, which the two individual parts do have some length to them, but it is they were split into two separate films. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? His films never ran crazy long. And I was I was wondering and to me, um, a movie that runs crazy long usually has an air of self-indulgence. Yes, absolutely, it, right, no doubt. And you know, you when you describe Quentin Tarantino, the man and his personality, as we know it from his public persona and what we can discern from his films, you have described it on point. You know what I mean? So he certainly sounds like a guy filled with Mm self-indulgence, right? And uh, I think it's telling that the movies that have followed in the wake of Django and Change, which came out in 2012, which were The Hateful Eight and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, all three of those movies are darn near three hours long, Mm -hmm. if not even a little bit over. What's the common denominator? The common denominator is that all three of those films are the films that Quentin Tarantino has produced after the death of his of his uh, editor Sally Menke, oh. who died in 2010. Yeah, who edited all of his films prior to that. Okay, and though she was only listed as the editor these three films, Django, Hateful Eight, and Once Upon a Time, are maybe evidence that she was a maybe a bit more of an editor and closer to let's say a co-producer on there. Okay. Uh, and, and not just an editor of the movie, but an editor of Quentin himself. Sure. sure. Because these th- the three films that have that she did not have a part in a crazy long, like you said, he's always had a way with the N word. He's always had a way with racial epithets, um, but they are flying free and far in these films, um, especially especially this film, and to a degree in the Hateful Eight, right? Um, there are some questionable in all three of these films. There are some questionable depictions of different races. And some popular figures in certain races, if you want to, to be a believer with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it's this depiction of Bruce Lee sure. in that film. Um, and watching this movie, as much as I enjoyed it, I was reminded about one aspect of this that I do not like. I enjoy Jamie Foxx as an actor full stop. I like him as an actor. Mm -hmm. I like him doing comedies, even though sometimes, you know, depending on the comedy he may phone it in but for the most part I like him when I see him doing I like him on film, right? Uh, Christoph Waltz love him. Leonardo DiCaprio has very unexpectedly become one of my favorite actors. Yeah, he's good. He's a very good actor. He's not always cast in the right roles, but he's always doing the work. Um, and Samuel Jackson I I I like a lot of course but the one aspect of this movie that I didn't like as much as this is this great love story and I agree with you I see Django you know one track mind getting my woman that's all I care about yes that's it and while it does track a little bit in the movie I don't like that at the end of the movie, skipping all the way to the end, that Django seems to save the, the majority of his, of his, his anger and his and his and his uh, fury for Samuel Jackson's character, Stevens. See, I disagree. Yeah, I, I disagree. And and maybe and maybe it tracks if it's a different director because there's a part of me that watching that scene can't cut off that Quentin Tarantino wrote that scene, and that Quentin Tarantino wrote that scene of this black man gunning the hell. Out of the other black, out man. of this
1: other black. Man. That's uh, look. I don't think you're. I don't think you're alone in that. I, I think. I I think famously, Will Smith was up for the role of Django, and mm-hmm. he's and he turned it down. He said because he didn't get to kill the bad guy. Who, by the implication, Candy was the bad guy. I think
0: Stevens. Is the mastermind? Now. He is the. That's why I was want to say she, it does track. Because yeah, in the scene, because one of my favorite scenes, in the scene, not long after Stevens is going back and forth in the kitchen, and he very wordlessly discerns that there is a relationship between right. Brunhilda and Django that they've everybody's been trying to keep under 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 their hat, um, and he. Secretively tells Candy Leonardo DiCaprio's character to meet him. Yes, in the in you know in, great in, a, in the den. No, the li- right, but then he
1: whispers, "Meet me in the library." In the library, in the which the library. is their secret space,
0: right? And when he and and when you when Leonardo DiCaprio walks into that mm-hmm. scene in the That's den, right. Stevens is sitting there in the chair. He's filmed from behind, almost in the Godfather position. He's a damn James Bond villain. Yes. And he's he's sitting, blowfield, and it's almost you can almost feel his his uh, his speech even turn. That's right, a little bit because now it's just between me and you. I thought he was gonna have a cat in his hand, right? When,
1: like when he turned around, I thought he was gonna have a cat because he. Yeah, but
0: he was. But what he did have was a drink yes he did and that he had poured for himself Yes, he did and leonardo dicaprio sat right next to him like a dutiful son yes and and listening to his father school him yes you know um and so i, I like that I, I like that scene so yes it tracks that stevens is indeed the mastermind he is the slaver whisperer in this in this movie but even then, I just don't like that. And mind you, that's maybe fair. it's just maybe it's just I can't detach Quentin Tarantino from that. I th- look, I think that's fair. I don't
1: like. I can't. That's that's why I. That's why I foregrounded everything I said with Quentin Tarantino. Right. And I understand for a lot of people, Quentin Tarantino is a deal breaker.
0: Mm-hmm. And I don't. I, I can't. I can't fight that. Yeah. I mean. I in, even though as long as I think this movie was rewatching it, it actually the the length worked for me. Okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, do I feel that you know it could have easily been tied up? with the death of Candy, it sure could have. So did it need the next the next, I guess, almost like 20, 30 minutes? It's another half hour. Yeah, that's another, another film. Half hour. Um, that, that felt a, a little long, but there's a part of of. A, the reason why that works for me is because this movie is Django Unchained and up until that last half hour this movie is very much a buddy film right. between Christoph Waltz and right. Django so you need a you need a part where this becomes Django's film right so I didn't mind that right. and it was, I thought it was kind of interesting and then I would have to rewatch it to make sure that I, I'm 100% with this but it was once Christoph Waltz's Character leaves the film. Not only does this become Django's film, but all of a sudden you got a little bit of hip hop comes right, into that's, that's into, that's the, right. into the the soundtrack. That, that is 100% you hundred know? percent. So right. it just to, totally changes the it, whole it, that, vibe. That, that, that's that's of the movie. It, that's so right, I thought that was just like a real masterful touch. Yeah, that's with right. this film, you know, um, I mentioned. Don Johnson being in this movie. I forgot that Don Johnson was in this film. Don Johnson, man, I love me some Don Johnson in this movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, he, there's just a little, it's very little, little, little things matter in acting, ladies and gentlemen. There's a little thing he does when he is, Django and Christoph Waltz, Dr. Schultz, have come onto his plantation and he's like, What's that? You know, a nigga riding a horse and all this type of stuff. And he's trying to tell his slave girl, All right, Mm -hmm. you've got to treat Django. He's not, he's a free man. So you can't treat him like a slave. Do I treat him like a white man? Well, no, you don't do that. Right. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. And then he tries to recollect it's apparently some other free black guy no it's a poor white guy a poor white guy that's, that's right. right a poor white guy and he's trying to remember his names and he asks you know one of the slaves for a name it's just a little quick little banter that he has with that like the older slave woman who's kind of like like probably like the head mother right. of the house and that, that that little familiarity that those two have with one another right there that the way they played it i was like I was really good I don't know why it was just that little thing just like really tickled me um and made me appreciate Don Johnson just being in this movie that much more yeah and then yeah. he's just he's just a joy for the rest of this rest of this movie um and maybe g- gave you know little glimpse into why Damian Lindelof cast him in Watchmen oh <laughs>
1: Dude, I was thinking the exact <laughs> write, same this thing. Not. I said, is this why he was in
0: Watchmen? <laughs> might be. I thought it's the might, exact same thing. It might be his descendant. Oh, his ancestor. But uh, yeah, so I, I dug that. Carrie um, Washington is someone who, as an actress, leaves me kind of like hot or cold, to be fair, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, she's not given much to do in this in this film, uh, I did appreciate that you know um, she is definitely the object. You, you know, Django wants to be with his woman, and she's there for us to feel how much he wants her, and what, she's also there for us to feel sorry and pity for her because she is punished a lot. Yeah, in this film, she is kind, she's kind of she's she's kind of roughed up in this film. Yeah, she is a lot, um, and and I. I guess it worked because it becomes very, very intense. Like there's a scene between her, Candy, and Stevens that was raw. Yeah. It was raw. You know the story of that scene? The story about Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. yeah. How he actually, in that scene, and this is another reason why people, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever doubt Leonardo DiCaprio, is he really that good? Leonardo DiCaprio in this scene, Cuts his hand, yeah, by accident, yeah, and is protruding. Blood, blood is gushing all over the place, and he did not stop. And
1: everyone in the scene is sort of shocked by what's happening, and that's real. It's real. So, so he, you know, he's doing it because he just found out. Mm-hmm. This is the moment where he finds out I found that out they're trying to the- come and and get Hildy, right? And and he's furious. Yes. And he's threatening to kill Hildy, and when he finishes his rant, he rubs the blood on Kerry Washington.
0: Yeah, and it, it is it is a rough scene. It's intense, man. Yeah, it's intense. It, I mean, this is, and it's it's funny that you get to because they call it Candyland. You get to Candyland, and that's really where the you know it's Candyland, but that's where the tone of the film yeah totally changes yeah
1: oh yeah because now it's before that that that, was real it's
0: kind of an adventure right right but now it's real now it's real yeah the stakes are hot stakes is hot Um, so there's so much of this film that I really enjoyed and liked and then right there at that end that just like it didn't take me out of it sure Um, but it just rubbed me in the wrong way It, it just like really soured it a little for me but you know what put the sweet taste back in my mouth what? Two things. What? One, immediately after that, when Django leaves oh my God. to meet up with Kerry Washington. Oh, my God. And he gets up on his horse. Oh. And of course, all throughout, I don't, I'm watching the scene, but all I'm hearing is little Vincent Williams in my head. He does the little horse tricks. He does the little, man, look, man. He does the little tricks. Look. Look.
1: Look. Django loves Broomhilda. Yes, he does. And th- again, this is not just his wife. This is his lady. And I love the way that they frame it. Like like Broomhilda, the, the legend of Broomhilda. Like they it. That's a great story. And, 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 great and scene. you know, Christoph um, Waltz. Waltz is so wonderful mm-hmm. telling the legend of Broomhilda. And the chemistry between Jamie Foxx and Christoph Waltz is fantastic. It is. Jamie Foxx, I love, did you see how he sat on the rock like mm-hmm. a little
0: kid mm-hmm. to listen to a story? Mm-hmm. And what the crazy thing, of, the best thing about that is that he's sitting on a little rock looking at Christoph Waltz tell the story of Brumhilde. the The scene is framed so that Dr. Schultz, Christoph Waltz, is kind of like sitting like in front of this huge rock yeah telling the story there's no animation that plays out on that rock it's no. just flickering lights but you can't tell me you can't see you, you, the story you see this knight
1: ascending this mountain oh because my he's God. not scared of the mountain and he kills the dragon because he's not scared of the dragon yeah to get broomhilda Django spends this whole movie, everything he does, he learns how to read. Mm -hmm. He learns how to kill. He learns how to act Mm -hmm. to get to Broomhilda. Literally. Literally. Not literally like we say, you know, kind of, oh, literally. No. Literally, he has killed everyone. Yes. Django (laughs) kills everyone. Yes. He has blown up the mansion. Mm-hmm. First of all, she gives him a smile that makes it worth it. Like, there's a moment where, where Hildy smiles at him when he comes out of the house. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, it was worth it. <laughs> right, like, The whole thing was worth it. He says, "Hey, little troublemaker," because that's his little nickname for. Yep. And then she says, "Hey, big troublemaker." Mm-hmm. And their whole relationship right is right. right in that exchange. He gets on his horse that I paid attention to. That was his horse. Yes. That he's had the whole time. All the whole time. He's murdered everyone. There is fire. There is blood. There is death. He traveled into the bowels of hell to free her Mm -hmm. because that's his wife. Right. But he also loves her and that's his lady. That's right. Which means that he taught the horse to do some tricks. Yes. Because that would make her laugh.
0: That would bring joy to Broomhilda. Yes. Now, mind you, he made, and it also is uh, is a payoff because Kristoff's Waltz horse. Right. Does a trick throughout the entire movie. Yeah. And Django's horse never did a trick. Yeah. So he only shows off his trick
1: at the end. At the end for Broomhilda. Yeah. The other thing I love about the moment at the end, two things. Mm-hmm. One, Broomhilda has her own horse. Yes. Which then leads to the second part, which appropriately enough made me think about Ruby D in Buck and the Preacher. Did you notice that when Broomhilda, so Django rods off, Broomhilda turns around, rods off with him. Did you notice the very last thing Broomhilda does? She pulls out a gun. She pulls out a rifle. Shotgun. Because Broomhilda is now part of this. Yeah. Yeah, she know what what they're hitting for. She was a damsel in distress, Mm -hmm. which black women never get to be. That's right. He rescued her, but now they're a partnership. I love this damn movie i do i love this movie like there are just parts in here like there's a moment when 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 he's when django is explaining to schultz sort of the the economics of being a female slave and, and he says you know she worked in the house but she you know because she's been beaten and when she ran away they branded her cheek with an r yeah. so now she can't work in the house anymore right and django says you know, they'll probably try and make her, in, they've made her into a comfort girl. And Schultz, being German, does, he says, Well, what's a, a, what's comfort, a comfort girl? girl right? And he figures it out as he says it. And then Django says, Not while I got my freedom, not while I got my gun. That's right. I said, Goddamn, Django, go get your woman, Django. That's right. Go get your girl. Having said all of that, there are subtle moments in this film that I appreciate. Okay. After three weeks of our discussing the artifice of the Western and the artifice of, of these personas, I really love the way how consistently the film presents the case that this white, gen, this Southern gentility, this, this sort of this sort of um, high class persona was all fake. Mm. It's all fake. Whether yeah. it's yeah. it's the fact that Candy is a Francophile and then, then 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 Schultz says, oh, well, I'll speak French to him. And then the, the lawyer says, whoa, 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 he can't speak French. Whether it's the fact that he doesn't know what the word panache
0: means. panache.
1: <laughs> whether it's the fact that he didn't know that D'Artagnan, which was the name of one of the slaves, was from the novel The Three Musketeers, Mm -hmm. like all throughout, regardless, uh, you know, alongside the fact that, again, Stevens is the mastermind. That's right. All of this is fake. All of this is artifice. The fact that Big Daddy tried to um, put across this whole thing. Oh, we again, it's Southern gentility and it's honor and this, that and the other. But he's right along with the Knight Riders that night to come and try and lynch them. I love the fact that these sort of precursors to the Ku Klux Klan are just shown to be morons and thugs. (laughs) Like, I just love that so much. And I just, I just think that goes really well with the conversation we've been having all along, especially when you look and there's a moment where Schultz says to Django, when they're about to go on their first mission if you will he says you have to play a character yeah and when you play a character and he basically explains to him what that means playing a character but then you realize everybody in the film is playing a character Mm -hmm. so i love that little part of it so much yeah it's
0: great uh there was oh man what was that it was another there was another part of the film that tickled me so much oh when Django um it's is at the climax and he tells he tells he tells the two slave women because they just came home from the funeral yeah. and he tells us say uh, say goodbye to Miss Anne Miss Ann <laughs> bye Miss Ann poof <laughs> blows her into the other room and then he tells them okay y'all run y'all run away from here." And you see the big girl. <laughs> Man, she lifts her dress up. Oh. And she is a ghost. But you
1: know what? When they run outside and Broomhilda is sitting on the horse and she is straight up and she is regal. Oh, yeah. Like Broomhilda is a queen. Oh, yeah. And she's waiting for her knight to finish his business.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he, he had some business. <laughs> he had some business to do. Um... Yeah, I and like I said that that one scene notwithstanding, I still I enjoyed this film uh, a lot. I know that it can be it was very problematic. A lot of people have some problems with the film. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And it, and it's understandable, but I think at the end of the day, um, it was a good film. I didn't I didn't even remember it was nominated for it was nominated for uh, best picture. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean it, it didn't win, but it yeah. was it was nominated and um, that Jimmy Fox. I don't know. If, I, I'm fine that he wasn't nominated, but uh, he was good. He was good in the, in the film. Christoph Waltz is a is an actor who has won an Oscar. He's very, very, very good. He's he's very good. Um. He's 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 just solid. I I enjoy yeah. watching him. Loves again. Loved
1: Samuel Jackson. Loved Stevens.
0: So you put this. This is one of your your this three
1: favorites is. If you press me, see, the problem with Samuel Jackson is that he's been in 37,000 movies. True. Point. You know, the bad thing is, and it's probably just because he's on my mind, I like Samuel Jackson in Quentin Tarantino movies.
0: Well, yeah. Like, I mean, I like Jules. i about to say, are you could make the argument
1: that that's his best role. And I love him in Jackie Brown. Mm hmm. So. But I really
0: really like
1: Stevens as a character like this is a great character like that moment where Calvin is is murdered and the anguish on his face yeah yeah like this is a really complicated relationship right here now speaking of actors did you see our boy um you know Omar's in this.
0: Oh that's that's right. Omar.
1: Omar's funny story. So me and me and Wendy were watching this probably maybe two years ago now. And it's the scene where Omar, because Omar plays one of the the enslaved men who's getting sold to the mining company. Right. We're watching it, and Wendy says, You know that's your boy. Right? This this is a verbatim exchange between me and my wife, I'm about to tell you. She says, you see, that's your boy, right? I said, who? She said, Omar. I said, Omar who? (laughs) For the record, I've known two Omars in my entire life. Okay. My friend from college, Omar Martinez. Black Puerto Rican works for the Smithsonian. I don't know what he does for the Smithsonian, but he's always standing behind a podium doing something at the Smithsonian. Okay. And Omar Dorsey, the actor. <laughs> Omar is so unrecognizable.
0: He is. He is. I wasn't sure who my wife was talking about. So I said to her, Omar who? You're right. He is recognizable because he has hair. Um. And a tooth. <laughs> Yes, he has a tooth, a tooth, <laughs> a tooth. There may be another one somewhere in the back, <laughs> right? But on camera, yeah, There's only one. There's only one tooth. Yes, so that was very funny to me.
1: I forgot about that. I, I said, know, "Who? Omar is acting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is an actor right here." It's very true. Very true. I forgot. I, yeah, that's right. He was there. I I, I remember. I bumped on that. It's like. Omar, <laughs> especially when you like, like you don't even have to know Omar, but he's got just such a big, brilliant smile, right? You know, and this guy did not this guy, not this guy, not this guy. You I'm know. like, oh, yeah, they, they should have got an award for special effects, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, do you recommend Django?
1: With with the disclaimers, mm-hmm. you know, again, it, it, look, it's, it, this is a this is a Quentin Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. Everything about this is a Quentin Tarantino movie, and if you don't do Quentin Tarantino, this is not the movie for you. Yeah. Along with that, if the use if the very use of the word nigger offends you, mm-hmm. which there are lots of people that it does, they don't even want to hear the word. Right. This is certainly not the movie for you. Yeah. Uh, Also if you're squeamish. Yeah, yeah, a lot of squibs used in this movie.
0: (sighs) I have never seen these were whole trash bags. A lot of squibs squibs
1: using this, but I do have to say if if loving seeing races getting blown apart is wrong, then I don't want to be right. Boy, there's a scene with the scene at the very the first time Django kills the brother and he shoots him through the heart, mm. and then the second guy he actually turns to the woman and says, "You want to see something?" and then he beats him with the whip. Oh yeah. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> the shootout at Candyland. Oh my God! Where he kills like a dozen people. It's more than a dozen, and then they drop the Tupac in. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, right? I said, "Oh, like he is just—he is just going ham, just shooting and killing slavers." And I said, "How could this be better?" <laughs> and then they start playing some Tupac. It got better. I said, this is amazing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. If watching Django kill racist white people is wrong, then I don't want to be right. Because he, Django, look. Django is point A. Broomhilda is point B. Whatever Django got to go through to get to point B, he goes
0: through it. That's true,
1: because it's a straight line. But besides that, I do recommend Django. And, and like I said, this—I'm not going to say this is my favorite black love story, mainly because I don't want to get the pushback that comes with calling this my favorite. But I, I do. I, I'm a I'm a big big fan of Love Jones, as far as a love story. But as far as as uh, just just to be real, just just kind of. An aspirational black love, like as a black man, Mm -hmm. like how I you know, what would I aspire to be to prove my love to my wife, or more pointedly, the type of love that I'd want a man to have for my daughter? Mm -hmm. Like, we went and saw Princess and the Bride when she was a little girl, but Prince Naveen won like he had no job. Yeah, I don't really want you with no Prince Naveen, but Django? (laughs) that brother love you so i would
0: well i would recommend django unchained as well i think it's uh i think it's a good film i think it's a fun film i think it's an interesting film i think it's uh an adventure um it's not for the squeamish it's not for the faint of heart but uh, it's got amazing performances amazing cinematography yeah you um, didn't even talk about that i mean and, and good direction i mean you know i mean it's, it's a spaghetti western it's a spaghetti western it's, a, it's actually a spaghetti western but yeah this this is an old yeah this is how you do an old to spaghetti westerns yeah. um it's good to have a budget yes uh so yeah i w- i would recommend django i would all right, so now we've ended. We've we've ended Western. We've ended Westerns, and so comes to, we put tie a bow on Black History Month for uh, twenty twenty. So
1: let's do some programming in real time. You want to make this an annual thing, Westerns? Westerns in February.
0: Oh, I don't. Uh, I don't know how long that'll go, Vince. There's not that many Black Westerns. I think we could do this for at least three more years. Really?
1: I think we could. Really. Okay, I'm fine. So it'll be Western February. I mean, even this, they, they if you, you they talk about the influences, they, they said besides the spaghetti westerns, there's a Fred Williamson film, Boss Nigga, yes, which I've never seen. Yes, yes, there is. So there's, I, I think we talked about Adios, amigo. We didn't do Bush Bushrod Th- and Thomasina. No, no.
0: So I guess there 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 are films out there. So yeah. So we'll do it again next year.
1: And we'll do it until we can. There you go. It's a shame that we did Little Woods already. Yeah, but uh, we I,
0: said we said it was a Western. Yeah, street. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Um. So before we tell you what we're going to be reviewing next week, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you all to send us your feedback, your comments, and all of your concerns to. The Micheaux Mission at gmail.com. That's Micheaux Mission at gmail.com. M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N. Join the Facebook group, Micheaux Mission, and like us and follow us on all the social media me at me show mission, and wherever you uh, find our lovely podcast, please give us a five star rating and review because that helps people find the show. Especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Hey, even if you're not listening on Apple Podcasts, why don't you go there and give us a five star rating <laughs> and review? Because it really helps when you do it there. It does. That's why we run a commercial for for the show asking you to do so at the top of every show because it's really really important because it really helps people find a show. It really does. This show is available as in an edited form and yes this one will be edited on uh, every Saturday at 1pm on WPPM People Power Media Philly Cam 106.5 FM here in the city of Brotherly Love and you can wake up with the show Mission every Monday morning at 9am on WKDU 91.7 FM the voice of Drexel University. The Michelle Mission is also a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network, the Podglomerate Curated Podcast, just for your listening pleasure. Shout out to everybody at Podglomerate who was very instrumental uh in the Michelle Mission being one of the featured podcasts on Stitcher Radio this yes. past month for Black you. History thank Month. You. Thank you. Uh, thank you for everything that you do to uh support our show. Um, Vince and I truly truly appreciate it alright and if you want to help us our show even more hey go and get yourself some swag by way of tea Public ladies swag. and gentlemen go to michellemission.com hit swag we've got new shirts new sweatshirts Vince I bought the 1950s Michelle Mission sweatshirt I will show you at the end of the show you will not believe how great it looks. All right. It looks Excellent. freaky fantastic. I'm going to debut it for the world at our 200th episode. All right. Celebration. Very nice. All right. So next next week, I believe it is my turn.
1: It is. As we march towards 200.
0: Yes. And I had an idea a, a little bit of, a, especially since we're coming out of Black History Month, And I know the mission is to do every black film ever made. Yes. But if you will allow me for maybe about two, three weeks, I'm going to make just a slight diversion. Well, Actually, it's just two weeks. I'm making a slight diversion. Okay? And these are films that... Are passing as black films.
1: Films that are passing, and I'm intrigued by this.
0: Is a film that, if you ask a black person, they think is a black film. They think it's a black film. But it's only passing as a black film. Interesting. And this first film is a film that has come up many times on The Mission.
1: Okay. But as yet, to be reviewed. Is it Lethal Weapon 2? No. Okay. Okay. Just narrowing it down. The
0: magic's back. What it is is break-in. Oh,
1: that's interesting. So you're arguing that break-in is not a black film. Yes. Interesting. But it passes. But it passes as a black film. As a black film. Oh well, this is going to be a really, really interesting conversation, and we will have completed, in a lot of ways, the hip hop trifecta, right? Because we, we we've done beat street and crush groove. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm 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 with this. Oh my god! The week after that, are you going to be breaking to Electric Boogaloo?
0: <laughs> Get out my brain, Vince. Get are out you, my brain. Are you, do, are you really? Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we're going to do break and then we're going to do break into colon electric, electric boogaloo. boogaloo. <laughs> I'm down. I'm, <laughs> I'm down. I, yeah, I don't Yeah, know if I'm going to. Eh. Well, I guess we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I, what I call these black films. I guess we'll have to talk about
0: it. Yes, we will. Next week on the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, he's Vince, I'm Len, and in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again.